Hello, wonderful people. You're probably thinking, wow, Aaron, you've done 12 episodes and, you know, you first were getting the intros, but now we're not. Well, because I'm a lazy piece of shit. But, I'm, you know, I'm going to start doing the intros again, but this one was, this episode's a really perfect one. It has um, a person who I'm a huge, huge fan of. Um, name, name goes Mark, you know, his name is Mark Lobliner. Um, you know... He's partners with you know Tiger Fitness. He makes his own brand, MTS Nutrition, has the hands down the best you know supplement, protein, whatever you need. Go to Tiger Fitness and you can find it there. And it's it's just great fucking product. And also like we I mentioned in to Mark that it doesn't taste like fucking chalk. A lot you know a lot of people who lift and everything they understand it. And you know with MTS it's, you know it's completely different. But um, this was an interview I, I didn't think I was going to get, but I'm glad I got it. We went over everything from, you know, pandemic. Pretty sure you guys are happy about hearing about that. Um, you know, being partners with C.T. Fletcher, you know, thoughts on just a whole bunch of other shit. And, it, you know, just a really good, good, good conversation. Um, we did have a little bit of mishap at the end, but... I'm going to edit it, make it sound good, and subscribe to my channel on the podcast app or YouTube because there's going to be a video of this. So enjoy. recording can you hear me all right yes sir all right well like again thank you for doing this i know that you're a busy guy so i didn't want to seem like i was like kind of like pushy like when are you gonna get on what are you gonna get on because i I know you're all good man it's all good man i just moved into the house just a bit a lot a lot of stuff going on so you know i tend to get lost once in a while but i'm actually not lost right now um so i just um you know, I'm just, uh, I'm here. I, I, I appreciate your time as well, bro. Uh, speaking of that with, uh, cause I know that you're a family man. I wanted to, um, kind of one of the questions, cause I have a friend of mine that turned me on to you, turned me on to, you know, MTS, Tiger Fitness. And I'm, you know, I'm not just saying this cause I'm on the interview with you, but I think your shit is the best protein because well, it doesn't taste like, cause it doesn't taste like chalk like other protein shakes and everything else like that, you know, like if I'm going to eat the red velvet, it's going to taste like red velvet. Yeah. Truth to flavor is a huge issue. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, we're able to do really well is, is really achieve some great flavor systems in, in a lot of our products. And, uh, well, I know that you're <laughs> being a parent and how do you balance, you know, family life and work life? You know, um, it's something I'm better at now, but I've reached a mature level of my career. So, you know, I'm turning 40 this year and, uh, you know, my oldest is 14. And the first part of your life, like when you're grinding and you're building a company, you don't have balance. There's no such thing as balance or else you go out of business. Um, that's why a lot of businesses fail. You know, a lot of businesses, they start and they don't realize that 94% of businesses fail. And a lot of the reason they fail is because I, I mean, obviously there's bad ideas and but I think a lot of people think you actually work for yourself. And that's 
the biggest line of bullshit you'll ever hear in your life. You never work for yourself. You work for your customers. You work for your employees. You pay taxes. So you kind of work for the government. You know, I think that there's a huge misconception that there's freedom in self-employment when there isn't. And if you're going to be successful, you have to be willing to give up some things. And a lot of that's going to be quality family time. So that's when it helps to have a two-parent household where, you know, the mom can pick up the slack or the dad, if you're, you know, a stay-at-home dad, it's, I'm, I'm not against that. But to have a two-parent household where one of the parents is home has helped us tremendously in being able to grow our companies. Um, even though my wife does work full-time for the companies, you can't really travel when you have kids in school or in soccer. So that's where it helps out. So there is really no balance. And you do your best, but there's, there's always going to be uh, room for improvement in everything you do. Balancing, my my... my what I always say to people is when you're with your kids, be the best dad you can be. Go 120. When you're with, when you're doing company stuff, be the best CEO, businessman, the best employee, whatever it is you can be. Just make sure whatever you're doing at that given time, you give 100% at it. I was always wondering that because I have uh, some friends of mine that, you know, they'll go to the gym and, you know, their wives are like, why are you going to the gym all the time? And it's like, so I don't know how you balanced, you know, being able to, you know, work on yourself, but also spend time with your family, how to do that equal balance. Well, I mean, training doesn't take that long. I mean, and most gyms have childcare. Like you go to Lifetime Fitness, there's one in your area. Their childcare is like Disneyland. So I, I think that it's, it's, a, it's a big misconception that training takes a large you know, chunk of your life. If you really want to get it done, you go before work. And it's actually been shown in, in studies that you know, people who are early morning trainers tend to stick to it. They're more consistent with it. They do it more long term because there's no excuse. At five o'clock, there's a lot of things that can happen in the evening. But at five o'clock in the morning, there's really nothing else going on in the world except for you in that gym. Right. Because uh, me and a friend of mine, the one that turned me on to you, we both work together and we start work at five. So we're at we go to the same gym at around like three o'clock in the morning before work. That's the way to do it, bro. I mean, look, if you ever have trouble going to the gym, um, The Power of Habits, a great book. Um, I believe it's by Charles Duhigg. And, um, you know, one of the things he says, it takes about three weeks to set a habit, but you got to set a cue. For example, lay out your clothes for the gym in the morning and the night before. Um, set certain reminders. And, and, of course, there's also positive reinforcement with treats. You know, you could treat yourself to something. I'm not saying treat yourself to junk food. But maybe treat yourself to, if you're a, a woman and you, you want to you know, treat yourself to a manicure or a pedicure or a spa treatment. But there are positive reinforcements and ways to psychologically, you know, get that in your mind. Like, hey, okay, this is something I'm going to do. It's a habit I'm going to start. And then you'll find that you won't be able to understand how you ever lived without it. It's so awesome. Right. Because, I mean, it's it's like it – I don't know about you, but, like, if I don't go to the gym for, like, a couple – you know, you know, I'm in Michigan and everything's shut down right now. But you oh, know, yeah. I'm still I'm still trying to do at home workouts, you know, with like resistant bands. And, you know, you can only get so far with those. But, you know, yeah, it's still yeah. I was actually it's funny. I'm doing a video on this. I have no studies. Um, resistance bands are resistance bands. They provide resistance within your body's natural strength curve. It's actually very advantageous to the human strength curve. However, what's really funny is I, I still coach. MarkLobiner.com is where I have my coaching. You know, so I, I still coach about 100 people. And I've noticed that since people are coming out of lockdowns, people who aren't in the communist state of Michigan or the communist state of New York, you know, you know, <laughs> actual actual American countries like Tennessee and Georgia and Texas, you know, where our gyms are open. 
I noticed that people who go from bands or whatever at-home training, even at-home gyms, to training in the gym with resistance, with weights, with machines, their results are exponentially better. And whether it's environment or whether it's equipment, there is something to be said about the social construct of a gym and making progress, whether it's social, you know, I just can't train like I do with my partners at Carbon Culture in, in Franklin, Tennessee, like I can do in my, my garage or like I can do uh, with my bands on the lake. You know, there's definitely a huge discrepancy and uh, there's no science to prove I'm right, except I've seen it. And uh, it's kind of, for me, I said, you shouldn't lose gains. You should actually make gains with bands. I still stand by that. But to say that they're anywhere near optimal as opposed to straight up free weight or resistance training, uh, that's, I would say that that's incorrect. Yeah, I can, I, I understand that. It, it's also with, you know, it's also going to the gym, going, you getting in your car, you take pre-workout. It's like, you're going to do something. It, I don't know about you, but it motivates me to go. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, where, you know, you have a lot of issues with people who are, again, we're going to come out of this quarantine with the worst uh, immune systems you've ever seen. Going to come out with the worst obesity we've ever seen. You're going to see such and also people, I think it was in the UK, there's usually 35,000 cases of cancer diagnosed and checked on in the month of, I believe it was April, and it's 5,000. It doesn't mean that 30,000 people didn't get cancer. It means that 30,000 people didn't get checked. So their cancer that could have been caught in phase one is going to be in phase three. It's going to be in a really deadly form of cancer. So I think things like cancer and obesity and other underlying comorbidities are going to take out more people than this virus ever would have if we didn't shut down. So that's my theory. I'm not saying this virus ain't a bitch. I'm the last one to say that. I'm not saying it's just the flu. I'm just saying that we totally fucked up on how we dealt with it uh, from a human standpoint. We just totally screwed the pooch on that one. Yeah, true. Because that's also another question I want to bring up about, um, do you think that we should actually, instead of, you know, Telling people, you know, stay home, social distance, you know, do you think we should tell people to work on their immune systems, you know, have like, you know, like have like, you know, people on the news, you know, so, you know, trying to teach people about how to, you know, take care of your immune system. Because that's what that's the number one thing that I feel like that's the issue with this. What is it? Eighty percent of people in the ICU in New York were deficient in vitamin D. You know, 95% had comorbidities, such as obesity-related comorbidities, heart problems, you know, um, things like that. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason this thing sniped us so bad is we're an inherently unhealthy society. And being that big pharma runs our lives, you go to a doctor with diabetes, they don't tell you to clean up your diet. They give you glucophage. And if glucophage doesn't work because they didn't tell you how to clean up your diet, they give you a really crappy half-assed guideline. You know, they go and they put you on insulin after insulin. You know, you're on this, that, the other. They they don't give a shit. It's just a big money-making scheme. At the end of the day, what I tell people is you're in charge of your own destiny. Look, I get hit by a fucking car right like tomorrow. You know, car accidents. How many people? Four million people hospitalized with car accident injuries a year. That's way over what's going on with COVID, you know. Um, 40,000 plus deaths from car accidents. You got... All these other things that kill people, look, things are going to come around and they're going to kill us. But never once did we lower the speed limit to 10 miles an hour. You know, at the end of the day, we're just we're, we're in a situation we just we completely went and the cure was worse than the disease. And I, I'm the first one to say this. This disease is a bitch. But I'm also the first one to say that statistically, if you're healthy, 
you have a really good shot that if you get it, which we're all going to probably get it sooner or later, like the flu, you have a good chance of beating it. And hopefully this is a wake up call, but shutting down fitness institutions was probably one of the stupidest things they could have done. Right. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I gained some weight over the whole quarantine and everything. You know, I was telling some of my friends, I was like, if the gyms were open, I would have started going like two times a day, you know, just to be able to work out and, you know, not, you know, and just better take care of myself instead of, you know, staying in the house or, you know, going out for like a walk or something. Yeah. And let's be real here, man. These, these cloth masks, they're not doing anything much. Um, it's virtue signaling and social distancing is completely against human nature. Um, social distancing won't last. I've seen it firsthand in a state that opened up. You can't, humans do not social distance. We hug, we touch, we shake hands. It is what it is, dude. You're not going to have a new, the new normal is not going to happen. That's like saying the new normal is, you know, um, I, I don't know. We're all going to hump doorknobs. You know, it's, it's not the new normal. This isn't the new normal. Human nature is not socially distanced. And you can be like, oh, marker. No, I'm not, I'm not advocating at all. I'm just saying what's going to happen. And like this whole lockdown, uh, me, this idiot meathead who doesn't have a PhD from Harvard, has gotten everything right while all these fucking experts have gotten everything fucking wrong. They haven't been right once. I'm going to be right about this. You watch. 100% right. 100% right. That it's not going to work. Just walk outside in about, in about a month. Like, look at there, – there's riots going on in Minnesota right now, right? Because that whole, that whole disastrous, that whole disgusting murder. Uh, by that police officer. However, are the rioters social distancing? No, they don't give a fuck. They're getting free TVs. You know, ain't nobody. <laughs> humans, humans aren't, humans aren't going to fucking social distance. It's not going to happen. This is not going to happen. It is what it is. Whether it's right or whether it's wrong, I don't give a fuck. People get mad because I say, hey, you know, here's why. Here's why people aren't respecting police right now. They're like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, no I'm not telling you I don't respect police. I'm just telling you what's going on. And people get so mad when you tell the truth. The bottom line is people, humans do not fucking social distance. It's against human nature. It's like, you know, I'm married. I love my wife to death. If I see an attractive woman, I'm going to get caught maybe checking her out because it's human nature. We have eyes, penises. We look at asses. It's what we do. You can look on the menu, but you can't order anything. That's what my dad always used to tell me a lot. Yeah, well, your dad was a wise man. Your dad was a wise man. (laughs) Uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, how you say that, uh, you know, that you like, you tell people the truth and they don't want to hear. I feel like people, they talk, they, when you talk to them, they feel like you're, they're talking to you so they can get a response from you. They're not, they're talking to like, how, how should I rephrase it? They're talking to you so they can reply to you with, instead of listening to you. I think there's a lot of that, a lot of confirmation bias. I think people expect that like, people come up to me and talk about this with my wife yesterday, like all her friends, like whatever, like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this, uh, I'm doing this juice cleanse. What do you think? And they don't want to know. They, they don't want to know the truth. They just want me to validate that their way of going. And then when I tell them, Hey, this is absolute bullshit. They are, they go, well, it works for me. And I'm like, well, that's not science. That's not my opinion. If it works for you, why are you fucking asking my opinion? Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't give a shit if you starve for the next 12 years. If it makes you feel good, go right ahead. But if you ask an opinion and I give you it, and it's my opinion, my well-researched, I won't give an opinion on something I don't at least have above average, you know, research on. You know, I've had so many, like, I was the first one, like, you know what? 
I think these cloth masks might might be good. I think if that's a good compromise, then as I read into them and what they can do negatively and the fact that the particle size is literally double, um, you know, the, the, part, the, the hole is double the particle size. That shit's flowing right through, like a fart through jeans, you know? And, uh, and, 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 and that's when I, I'll change course. Like, if I'm wrong, I'm like, a, I'm like, that's a good thing about not being an expert is I'm, it's, I'm okay with being wrong. You know, I've been wrong so many damn times in my life and I'm good with it. I'm like, yo, I was wrong about that. So, I, I mean, I've changed course a lot of times because we don't always have the information. Uh, but if I don't know something, I'm going to be like, you know what? I don't know. Like, I was asked a supplement question. I had no idea about that ingredient. And I, I'm supposed to be a supplement expert. You know, I'm the guy. I've been around since 20 years. And I didn't know what the hell dude was talking about. I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. I'll get back to you, you know? Right. I feel like everybody doesn't want to learn anymore. They, you know, no. they just want to stick to their bias and not accept that they're wrong. And it's like, yeah. I'm, I'm wrong probably about 90% of the time. Yeah. And I'll yeah. admit it. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wrong, and my wife's always right. That's one thing I learned. It makes it makes life really easy if I just go in with that preconceived notion that she's right and I'm wrong, and I can fight it all I want. But at the end of the day, you know, uh, I'm not holding out sex. Um, so it is what it is. And I think I think that we've come to society where people are so caught up in tribalism. I talked about this with Zuby online. We did a podcast the other day, and you know, Zuby's a fucking Brilliant, man. And I was like, our whole thing is tribalism is just horrible. Like Democrat, Republican, people need to belong. But the problem is they don't look into what it is they actually believe. A lot of people don't even know what the hell they're voting for. They just know that, hey, I'm a Democrat because I'm not racist. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, are you telling me that Ben Carson's a fucking racist? He's black. Like, it's, it's shit like that that just drives me nuts. It's like we just join teams, we take the messaging, and we don't look beyond that message. And that's the problem. So when you offer a different view, I love when people disagree with me because I'll ask them, why do you think that? And then I'll learn. And sometimes they're right, and I'll be like, I need to change course. And I've done that before. Unfortunately, in today's society, people, even if they're wrong, like, you know, for example, the whole like Trump calling the white nationalists good people. He never fucking said that. They, they completely just took a part of his words and they put it up. It's like if somebody mashed to get like just took a section of this interview of me saying Ben Carson is fucking black. I just said it. I will sound like the most racist guy alive. But in fact, I was saying Ben Carson is a great man. But, you know, so that's where we're at right now is that the media and people who want to definitely get their point across they just say the same lie over and over and over and over until it's true. Right. Was it because I actually, me and my mom were actually having this conversation that, you know, I don't listen to any of our news anymore because you listen to CNN they're, you know, they're Democrats so they're biased. If you listen to Fox news, they're biased, you know, they're right wing and everything else of that. It's pretty yeah. sad that the only news that I can trust is the one is the BBC. And that's not even in here. That's not even yeah. in America. Yeah, I mean, I was again. You almost—it's almost the same thing. Me and Zuby talked about. It's, uh, you know, I, I actually find that to be a very reliable source because it's pretty down the middle, um, and and they're a pretty liberal country. Although they did vote for Brexit, Brexit and all that, but you know, the British, 
you know, it, it comes from a very, in my opinion, neutral as opposed to ours. Where our, our news, I mean, courts have ruled that MSNBC Maddow shows not the news, it's opinion. So that was like her defense in a court case. So we are definitely, we've gone so far away from um, actual journalism. It's all opinion. And the, uh, this, this former CEO of CBS News actually did an opinion piece in the Wall Street Journal the other day about how it's, it's long gone. They just need to say, hey, this isn't really the news. This is opinion. And that's the way to save the news. And, and I think he's right. Um, I don't think we're going to see an unbiased news source for the rest of our lives. I think that day that ship has sailed. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people are too tribalistic and too sheepish to really see beyond and devise their own opinion of matters where they just take talking points from be it Sean Hannity or, um, you know, that, that little that little Cuomo guy on, on CNN, you know, um, the big tough guy, the big tough Italian guy. He's, he, he makes me laugh because he, like, yeah, he talks this big game. He threatens to beat people up. I love it. I actually really think it's funny. I, I would actually love to sit down with um, Andrew and what? Okay, so Andrew, Chris Cuomo. Yeah. I would love to have dinner with the guy. He just seems fascinating. I, can, I couldn't agree with you more on that one. There's certain he people who. He seems like he talks so much shit. Like he's that kind of guy who just sit at the table and tell yo mama jokes all day long. <laughs> and you know what? I feel the same way. He has a biased show, but he's getting fucking paid. Nobody's going to want him to go on the channel and say something that nobody cares about. So he's going to go out there and he's going to bash Trump and, and do what he needs to do. Why? Because he's getting a fucking paycheck. If you paid me what he's getting paid, I would say a whole bunch of anti-Trump shit. I mean, that's just what it is. He's, he's there to get ratings. Right. I think that, you know, it's... I... Such a weird because like growing up, I just didn't, you know, you could trust the news and everything else like that. And now it's kind of like, you know, everything I hear, I have to fact check at the fact have to fact check and yeah. that I shouldn't have to do that on a fucking news. No, the news. Eh, again, it's not the news. It, it's opinion. They just need to relabel it. And um, and I think we're we're in a position where it's about that time because no one's trusting the Fox. Come on, dude. Fox News, fair and balanced. Really? Have you watched Fox News? Like, it's not fair and balanced. Not even close. Just because they have Juan Williams on the five doesn't mean it's balanced. Right. But I want to kind of uh, switch into a little bit more uh, positive. Not, you know, not the news, because I feel like everybody's kind of sick and tired of, you know, no offense. Everybody's sick and tired of, uh, you know, talking about COVID and everything else like that. Like, I'm a stand-up comedian, and... When I go back to doing stand-up, I'm not talking about COVID. Because to me, that's just low-hanging fruit. I think, I think yeah, but the lockdowns can be funny. I think yeah. you can really make some gold uh, gold material out of that, bro. Was that, I made one where um, when that whole toilet paper shortage came oh, yeah. about, yeah. that um, people who bought bidets and your th- people were thinking that had bidets, and you guys thought I was crazy. <laughs> Something similar I'm, to that. I'm getting one I'm in my new house. I'm getting one in my bathroom. I don't ever want to wipe my ass again. I want to just get, I just want to spray it down. I don't care if we fucking run the garden hose in here and just hose it off. At this point, I don't want to see toilet paper again. I will tell you this. I'm going to hoard it so I can have a bidet. I'm going to sell that shit on eBay (laughs) as soon as it comes out. But um, one thing I wanted, I listen to your, uh, your stories a lot on Instagram. 
I remember somebody saying, oh, oh, you don't have AirPods. You must be broke as fuck. And you're like, no, I just know how to spend my money. My, my daughter has the good ones. I mean, I have kids, man. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like, I was just, you know, Brandon Curry, Mr. Olympia, actually just our, our daughters practiced soccer together today with a group of pros. And um, our boys were playing. We're sitting there talking. And, you know, Brandon had a great year. He won the Arnold Olympia. Just do the math. You know what the prize money is. And he didn't buy a new car. You know, he still tries the same 2000, whatever, two Durango. You know, um, but we, he has four kids. You know, I have three kids. Once you have kids, I think you gotta, you, you, you got to step down and realize that it's not about you anymore. It's about them, and it's about their future. And everything we do is geared towards our children. So, and it's also just like my AirPods work just fine. You know, they work. Why would I replace them? I, just, I'd still, I, I wore my Beats till they literally fell apart. I mean, the, the cord was all like raggedy and, you know, so, I mean, I have no, you know, for me, honestly, like, it's just not, it's just not a way I want to live. I don't want to compete with my neighbors on who has the best car or the best this, best that. I have a really cool house, but our neighbor might have a better house in, in other opinions. Our house is built for us, it's built for my family. It's good for us. So I just don't care. And I, I really don't care about other people's opinions of, how I dress or, or how I look. And I, I, I have a mirror. I know I have weak arms. I don't need, I don't need you to tell me that. Like, I understand, like I'm, com- I'm comfortable. Like I've, I've achieved more in bodybuilding than I ever expected to achieve with my genetics and my build. Um, you know, I've, I've achieved more in my career than I ever imagined I'd achieve. So, you know, when people speak up and people start talking shit or say whatever, I'm pretty confident and I'll tell them exactly why that doesn't bother me, you know, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't. There's a lot of people driving around Brentwood, Tennessee, the third, I think it's the third richest community in America with better cars than me. And it doesn't bother me at all. Speaking of that, how do you, um, obviously I'm pretty sure that, you know, there for the law for when you're like, you know, my age, I'm 24. I'm pretty sure that you, you know, the struggle, you were struggling a lot, you know, with the starting up a supplement company and everything else like that. And obviously you did something right because you just bought a house, beautiful house, by the way, I had to say that. Um, Thank you. How do you put that competitive, how do you put like that, I would say competitive edge in your kids? You well, know I mean, what I mean? Levi, I, I don't think you could talk about it. Like you could sit there and, and drink a beer and tell your kids not to drink. Right. Like then you're just a hypocrite and they don't respect you. Um, I, I run my family like I run my company. I, I, I allow them to do what they want to do, but I correct along the way, you know, and, and saying allow, not my wife. She does whatever the hell she wants. I don't want y'all to, don't want y'all to think I got a little Chris Brown action going on here. But, you know, <laughs> my, um, you know, my, my wife, my, a lot of it has to do with having a strong woman and a strong man in the household. And I'm not afraid to admit that, you know, we have very conservative family values. I'm a conservative. It is what it is. And whether that's your cup of tea or not, that's our cup of tea. There's a lot of very, very successful people who come from single parent households. However, we're talking about statistics like before. Statistically, you're very disadvantaged when you're from a single parent household. So having you know two parents is key. Um, but my kids saw me build the companies. They saw my wife and I work together and literally they saw me get up at 3 a.m. and go to the office and go to the gym and go on business trips and my wife pulled it down, FaceTiming from, you know, God knows what country 
just working, 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 and doing side jobs when we ran out of money or we didn't have enough, or the companies were not doing as well as they should have been. You know, I think the kids have seen that. They've seen, they've seen, you know, a lot of things that, and they, they see us work. They see us work together. They, they have, we have business meetings at the house. So I think that, and with exercise, like it's pretty simple. Like my wife and I train. My kids know nothing different than you have to train once a day because we did it. It's normal. For them, it's as normal as brushing your teeth, which, by the way, training is easier to get little boys to do than brushing their teeth. That is like, duh, brush your damn teeth. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not that hard. Like, just do the right thing and be a good person. And your kids, monkey see, monkey do, you know, and, and it's been for us. Play with them. You know, have fun. Joke around with them. And that's what's great is that we have some really good kids and got knock on wood. It stays that way. But so far, you know, we, we got A's on the report card. We have, you know, achievements in athletics that I would have never dreamed my kids would do at their young ages. And, you know, I'm there every step of the way. You know, I'm that guy who's watching every practice. I'm that guy who's with his kid. I'm that guy who will literally fly home on a red eye. At, and arrive at 4 a.m. to be at a 7 a.m. soccer game if I can. So that's what it takes. I think I think the, the key word is just love your kids. If you love your kids, I think it comes pretty easy. Yeah, because I was always wondering that because, you know, I even when I would, you know, with kids I would go to school with, you know, their parents, you know, would be very wealthy and, you know, they're brats and they don't know, understand, they don't understand, you know, how much, you know, a dollar, you know, they don't understand how much a dollar is. Mm-hmm. They don't understand how much $20 is. Yeah, you don't. Um, and not saying your kids are like that, but but oh, I'm just wondering because you know you're you're a very wealthy man. So I did, and from what I've seen from your Instagram posts, like your kids aren't don't seem bratty at all. They seem like the other. They want to get. They're highly motivated. What I will say, and having you, you as know, a they, dad is probably to help with helps out with that. There's a good line. Remember before Bill Cosby was Bill Cosby that he is now when he was a funny comedian and there was the Cosby show. There was a great line. My favorite line in all of TV where Theo comes up and he's talking and he's talking to Bill. He goes, Hey dad, you know, um, but we're rich. And you know, Bill Cosby looks over and goes, Theo, your mother and I we're rich. You have nothing. Of course, the laugh track comes on, and 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 I actually, you know, and I wouldn't say we're rich. I say that we we've, we've done fairly, you know, um, relatively well um, compared to you know a certain percentage of the country financially. Um, but we've also had hard times. We've also, you know, had our, our, our you know, we, we we've roughed it, you know. And I didn't come from money, and you know, my wife came from a really good family, and of course, my family they had their ups and downs, and I can't really complain, but definitely didn't come from money, so. I know what it's like to be broke and I don't want my kids to ever experience that, but I also don't want them to ever think they're better than anybody. Cause we're not, we're not money does not make you better than anybody. It doesn't make it might, it might. And, and I don't want my kids to have any advantage over anybody because you know, we might have this connection or that connection. They're going to earn it because if you don't earn something, and one thing I know I lived in, we lived in Illinois. We lived by a town called Geneva and St. Charles, a bunch of rich, spoiled trust fund kids. Right. And every one of them is addicted to cocaine. I swear to God. So, like, if my kids don't understand this, they're all going to become cokeheads. <laughs> the, <laughs> the one thing I love about you is that you're not that uh, you have no filter. If you like, um, 
I know this a lot where like some some people they'll say stupid shit on you know they ask you questions and like you'll just like flat out just tell them like no filter no fucks given that they're that what they said was wrong and which I love it because it's hilarious to me. <laughs> I, I try to I try, I try so hard not to not to be condescending. I try to answer people every question, um, you know, and, and I don't know everything. I know very little. I have a very small. Um, you know, sphere of knowledge, but you know, if, if there's something that's blatantly weird, I'll be like, wait a second, hold on, time out, time out, you know? And, uh, but the thing difference is, I think a lot of people would be like that, but I don't think a lot of people with, with the reach answer questions. They don't, they think their time is more valuable than yours and mine isn't. So that's why I do a bunch of questions, a bunch of stories. And I answer all my DMS personally, because my time is no more important than anybody else's. And while we might have fun, we might joke around, be a little sarcastic with one another, um, that's just, you know, that's just being playful. But at the end of the day, I want people to know that, you know, if I have an answer that can help you get to point B that much quicker, I'm going to help you as best I can. And if the question's absurd, I'm going to be like, whoa, 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 hold on. But yeah, it, we're definitely, there's no, there's definitely no, you know, um, echelon where you're so far above nobody's above anybody whether you're bill gates donald trump i don't care who you are you put your pants on one leg at a time like everybody else you're not special and we're all equal we just do different shit um one thing i wanted to ask you since you are a businessman how do you come up with ideas like half the time i'll be laying like when i'm coming up for bits for comedy i'm either laying in my room in the dark that's how i come up with it or um or it's right after the gym when i'm on you know doing the treadmill that's when your brain's going man after that workout that's when your brain's lighting up with all the beautiful colors um you know what it just it, it could just happen like you, you sometimes it'll be on purpose like you look for a need or a want like you know with with immortal with our multivitamin pack i was like these vitamin packs are garbage and I think we could really make a difference and make people healthier. And I want to make this where it's a dollar a day. So I had a concise mission. Where is the outright bar? Literally, I just want to make a snack for my kids. It was an accident. So um, I'm all over the place. Like you could tell by my conversation, you'll ask me a question and I'll take it over here. Like you didn't even probably want to talk about the lockdowns and you probably didn't even want, but like that's where my mind goes. And if you ever sit down and have a conversation with me, we're going to go back here, we're going to go here, but we'll always end up here. And we always bring it back. So my mind is just always working. So ideas for me, but the problem is I'm like a bull. My mind is like a bull in a china shop where it just goes and knocks shit down and has no semblance. And that's where I'm blessed to have my wife and my partner, Chad. My wife and Chad are basically the same person. And they hate when I say that, but it's like I have two wives. Whereas I'm just running around, crazy ideas, knocking shit over. And what they do is they take my ideas and they make them work. I, need, I definitely can't do this on my own. I'm not good enough. I'm not. I'm not even close to good enough. to like all my, my success in life is not because of me. It's because I've surrounded myself with people better than me. Like my entire staff is better than me at something. You know, our customer service, Lacey, Trey, Gabby, they're better than me. Our shipping staff, Dan, and, and all the wonderful people in the back, like they're better than me at what they do. I can't do what Dan does with shipping. Um, you know, our CTO, I can't code. 
Andy, what he does for marketing. So I can name every person on my team, you know, of a pretty large company and tell you that every single person is better than me at a few things. And that's the key to running a business. You know, you take your strength and you don't hire. There couldn't be two me's in a company. It would blow up. It would, it would not work. But if you surround yourself with people like my wife, like Chad, like Andy, like all these great people, you know, and, 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 and Tyler and Seth, and it's just like, boom, you have yourself a winner. So as you get <clears throat> better and better and grow at things, you know, at 24, just remember and surround yourself with friends that make you level up. You know, that's what I always say with Mike and Sean, my business partners, Ambrosia. You know, Sean is so good at what he does. Mike is so charismatic. He's so good at what he does. C.T. Fletcher, a friggin', he's the man. So surround yourself with people who are so much better than you. Because if you put a shitty, like an average player on a good team, that player is going to become good. You know, normally, if that player has work ethic. If you put that average player on a low team, they're going to stay average or get worse. So you got to up your game. Surround yourself with people smarter than you. That's what I always say. I am surrounded by so much greatness. My training partner is Brent. He owns Armada Nutrition, which is a contract manufacturer, huge contract manufacturer. Sometimes I train with Mr. Olympia, Brandon Curry. Like I'm around people so much better than me that even if I'm 20% of their strengths, that's a winner. Right. I'm – I'm starting to get to that point where, you know, I just cut people off who I don't think, you know, if you're not going to benefit me, then um, I'm no offense, but it's just I, I want to try to better myself. And I think I'm getting to the point now where I'm around people who make me, who motivate me to do better in which I think that, in that, you know, that's, you know, it strives me to make, you know, to follow my dreams and everything else like that. And I feel like that, like how you said, surround yourself with positive people, people Mm -hmm. that are going to lift you up, but also are going to call you out when you fuck up. I don't care if you're family or not. For me, a family is everything, immediate family. But if you're a cousin or a brother or whatever, not saying this, my, my brother and I were cool, but even if you're my brother, if you're going to be a negative influence, if you're going to bring you know negative energy into my life, I'm going I'm to push you away because I just want positivity. I want people and I get enough negativity from social media. I want to get my positivity. I want to be surrounded by greatness. And luckily for me, I'm surrounded by so many people so much better than me. And it's just like it, it just makes me look good. You know, and, and that's what's awesome. And we don't agree on everything. And that's the best part. You know, I have partners who are willing to tell me, Mark, you're stupid. That was a stupid idea. What are you thinking? You know, and, you know, like I was talking about customer service, Trey. Trey's the kind of guy who he'll speak up. Like, and, and we might disagree and he might get overruled, but because, you know, we, you know, we have different people and give a different, but I mean, you know, Trey is awesome because he's not afraid to say, wait, he's not afraid to ask. And a lot of people as CEOs get offended by that. I don't. I want someone who's willing to get uncomfortable, who's willing to question. Because what if I am wrong and and everybody's like scared to get fired and they're not saying anything. And that's the worst people to surround yourself with. You're you're preaching to the choir on that one. Um, (laughs) uh, One one thing I wanted to ask since you are partners with – C.T. Fletcher, that's – I've seen his interviews on Rogan, and that's 
he's interesting. He seems like the most down to earth guy, but he looks intimidating as fuck. Uh, there's very few people more respectful, mindful, thoughtful, and just genuinely kind than C.T. Fletcher. There's a man who's overcome. There's a man who's made it. There's a man who's provided for family, a man who's been with the same woman for 18,000 years, a man who's literally died, come back to life, who's living with someone else's heart. Like you're talking about a man who embodies just the human spirit. And that's what I see in C.T. Fletcher. So to be able to, you know, we kind of haven't seen each other since this whole like COVID thing, but to be able to go and sit down and, you know, just, just talk to CT as a partner, as a, as a, you know, an equal as a businessman. I mean, that's great because I look up to him in so many ways and he pioneered a lot of things and you just have to, you kind of have to, whether you, whether you like his brash personality is, you know, fuck you Fridays or whatever it is. Um, it's still, it's, was it, it's, it's still your set. Yeah, it's still your, still your fucking set. set or something. Yeah, yeah. So CT is he's the guy. Like he's the guy, and you've never met a guy who's more respectful and more mindful of other people than CT. How long have you known him for? Oh man, I got to go back in there. So I met I met him through Mike um, Rashid, who's my business partner in Ambrosia. Um, Mike's like a brother to me, and CT's like a father to Mike. So I guess he's kind of like my uncle. So, um, yeah, I, I believe it's been like six years that we've, we've known each other and, you know, CT and I did some things together, you know, some videos before his heart stuff and, and CT is just, uh, again, it's like, it's a dream because with, with, uh, with Ambrosia, that brand we've grown so fast and, you know, it's been phenomenal and, and, you know, Mike is all in on it. Sean's doing his thing and, and Sean's the glue that holds it all together and, No, leave it on. Sorry. Um, so, so I think, you know, Sean's obviously an ambrosia, the glue, but we just got into vitamin shops. So that's really cool. You know, we have, um, you know, that's 750 stores carrying our plant protein, which is growing really well. So we're going to do really well with that too. It launches mid June. I was going to, um, was uh, a friend of mine, you know, he was originally going to be on this on this like interview with with me because he's like I said huge fan of you, and uh but he recently had another daughter so he's oh good know. for him that's way better than this. And um, I asked him I go you know, is there any questions you wanted me to ask you? And one of the questions he wanted me to ask you is um, uh, do you have any plans for uh, MTS products to go into vitamin shop or is it? Right now, so we have the bars. We're their number one selling bar in the vitamin shop now. And yeah, right. I can't. I, awesome. What? 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 If, I, I mean, remember when they first came year. out. It's October, October 2018. Quest is a billion dollar brand, and to be able to go in there and even in that little vertical and take Quest, not take them out. They 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 serve their purpose. They're a great bar. But to go in there and, 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 and top them in sales for even a day is, is the greatest feeling in the world because they're, they did it right. Man. They paved so many paths for uh, nutrition bars and gas stations. A lot of people don't see that. I do because I'm in those channels now, and they did a lot of great things. But as far as MTS, we're, we're talking about it. But right now with our business model, um, Outright's out there. 
And with MTS, it's, it's, it's comfortable at Tiger Fitness. And with protein powder just being the business side, it's not a very high margin skew or even – and pre-workouts are better and fat burners are better. But, you know, basically by keeping it with Tiger Fitness, it keeps it a little um, easier on the uh, cash flow, so to speak. But if we did go into vitamin shop, we'd have to convert our five pounders to two pounders. So best case scenario, if let's say we did a deal tomorrow, you're looking at probably uh, five to six months before we go in there. Supply chain. That <clears throat> I was I was kind of wondering about that, honestly, like how you would work that out, because obviously you can't bring the five pounders in because then it would take there's a lot more inventory you'd have to take up and you don't really yeah i don't know i'm i'm battling yeah, at this brick, point, so now brick brick and mortar is two pound driven whereas um internet is five pound driven so we would have to work on that but with the growth of mts and tiger fitness you know we're up over 60 percent this year and the bar is up over 637 percent um you know it's one of those things where i think our model is doing pretty well but I love the vitamin shop. They're honestly the best company we've ever worked with in my, in, in my career. I love them to death. And if they wanted the brand, we would find a way to make it work, but I'm not pushing the issue. I'm really happy. And I will say if Ambrosia Planta works out in there, um, we will definitely explore. And, and right now I'm focused on the launch of Planta and then we'll move forward. And there's also a lot of exciting things like the outright bar going in where we're in pretty much almost there with target, which is, uh, I mean, a huge deal. So there's, there's just a lot going on. Uh, high V's doing really well with a giant Eagle. So, I mean, you know, with MTS, that's something we, we might discuss later on, but there's only so many wheels you could turn at once. Right. Um, one thing I, I don't quite know this, but how did you get involved with Tiger Fitness? Cause I know that you had a, didn't you have a, another company that you sold, I believe, or did I get that wrong? No, you're right. Cybation. I started in 2004, launched extend. Um, sold that in 2011 and I had a two year non-compete where I can only sell a house brand house brand means that the brand can only be sold at one location. So what I did is I formulated the business plan for what we know now as MTS nutrition and, um, long story short, I linked up with Chad at Tiger Fitness and we were friends throughout the years of, uh, selling Cybation through, uh, he had a store called Queen City Nutrition and Tiger Fitness when I started was pretty much just like a shipping operation for Queen City Nutrition. It was out of the basement of a store, a small store in, uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, we linked up, had our contract done within, uh, you know, within, a, a, um, I think it was a day. And, you know, here we are. So Chad's my, basically my partner in everything in life. Chad is, is he's, again, he's my wife. He's my second wife. Like, he's my guy. He's my guy. He's the guy I trust with everything. So I was just writing down some notes. Um, I was one thing I always want. I wanted to ask was like when you first started that. What were some of the bumps in the road with that? Because obviously, you know, with having a supplement company, it's not like it's going to be an overnight success. Tiger Fitness was actually we launched MTS Way, and the amino spiking scandal came out where people were putting taurine in instead of protein, and as soon as that hit, we had truth to label and lab tests. Believe it or not, MTS and Tiger, while we did struggle, um, not struggle, but 
being that I, I just sold a company and I had two year non-compete where I couldn't sell B2B anyway, all I did was focus on building the brand of MTS Nutrition, building the products, and we didn't take salaries. Chad and I took very small salaries. We paid more in taxes than we took in salaries. That's how little we paid ourselves. And um, I'm not even joking, for the first six years. So we just went and we focused on not making sales and diluting the brand. We focused on building the brand. And as we built the brand, we were able to create a great product, a great look that evolved four times into the look it is now. And I would say that other than just everyday cash flow issues from growth, the business model we designed by accident, you know, uh, because the non-compete. And then after two years when the non-compete was up, then we were able to sell it to the market. So I think that being that we started on pretty much a good momentous um, role, being that we had Cyvation and Tiger Fitness was in its infancy. Um, from there, I, I think we, we, we made very little mistakes. Um, to be dead honest with you, I could name 4,000 mistakes I made at Cyvation. Um, so many mistakes. I mean, I was a fucking mess. But at Tiger Fitness and MTS... I would say that Chad and I are, again, like, I don't want to sound overly optimistic, but I tell you straight up, we made mistakes. Overall, the mistakes we made weren't that great. Like, maybe some operating system mistakes that happened. But overall, I think, you know, we didn't have that many problems. When you started um, MTS, was there something, like, in the market where you were like, I don't fucking like this, I want to change it? Or was it just, I... Made I made one I made one supplement brand. Let me see if I can do another. Protein amino spiking. That was it. I mean, I was just, I was still upset at the um at the way it was, and I, I really thought the internet marketplace was going downhill. Bodybuilding.com had become a piece of shit. I used to really respect them when Ryan was the CEO, and you know they kind of jumped the shark, and they were just basically just calling Bogo.com. They just pour brands out and destroy brands. And I thought we could do something special from the retail end. I also thought the customer service was was whack. You know, I'd order products online, and I would have little service, no personalization, and I want to know who I'm buying from. So I really thought that bringing in the dominating personalized service, not just in the supplement industry, but in any industry, I think that is the one thing we brought from the internet side. We brought a lot of cool things, but personalized service, the fact that you know Trey, you know Lacey, you know Gabby, you know CEO Chad, you know me, like you know who you're talking to. You're not just talking to uh, a, you know, a, a friggin' outsourced secretary. You know, you're talking to people you know, and we will take care of our customers. We have an, we have an 89% customer return rate. That is unheard of in any industry. And that's because we actually care. You know, we actually care. We, we care probably too much, but we care. And that's the one thing I noticed about that from Tiger Fitness, because, I mean, there's been times, you know, where I fucked up on my order and order a shirt that was in a small. And then I, you know, I send that to, I talk to customer service and like probably 10 minutes later, I'm already getting a, getting a message back saying, yep, we changed it for you. Yeah. yeah Which I, mean, I thought was unheard of. Our team is amazing and they've grown. Like I am so proud of every one of them, like what they've done. We basically just, and we keep giving them stuff like, you know, put them in charge of different social media. Like Gabby came on and she's young and she started when she was still in college. And, you know, she's like, can I do the TikTok?" And I'm like, I don't even know what that is. Go ahead. And um, I just know something about China. 
So, you know, she's killing it. She's crushing it. I'm sorry about the cat meowing in the background. That's a cat? I thought it was a dying person. Yeah, she's really loud. She wants to get she wants to get fed and that's what she does. She screams until she gets fed. I hear you. Uh, one thing I wanted to um <clears throat> one thing I wanted to get your thoughts on was um steroid use. Yeah. Like what are your thoughts about it? Unless you medically have to take them, unless you really know the rules and ramifications and the risks. I would avoid taking steroids. Now, when you turn 35, 40 years old, your levels might be low, so hormone replacement therapy might be the best. But honestly, it's just too much work. It's too much thinking. Like, just just be natural, be happy, be healthy. And if you do have a deficiency in thyroid or testosterone or you know growth hormone or IGF, then, then by all means, look into augmenting that with hormone replacement therapy. But I'm not a big fan of steroids just to get big in the gym, bro. If you have an aspiring career as a bodybuilder or you're an actor who gets paid millions of dollars in TV roles, by all means, grab the needle, you know? But if you're just a bro trying to be healthy and have abs, you can do that naturally. Right. So I have a friend of mine that wants to, he's like, I just want to use steroids. I want to get big and big and everything. It like, like that. He's going to be very disappointed. I know a lot of steroid users who just don't make gains. And if you, if you're, my, my theory has always been, and it's a hundred percent true and you'll notice it because your friend does take steroids. If he doesn't look great now, he's not going to look great with steroids. Um, basically you, you, if you look like a piece of shit, steroids are just going to make you a bigger piece of shit. It's interesting. It I, sucks looking like that. <laughs> I mean, you're being, you're being truthful. So that's the one reason why I wanted to ask you about it. I've um, seen it too many times. What are your thoughts on like um, CBD and hemp, like hemp protein and like CBD? So I have I have a product called Hemp Daily. It uses um, Next Hemp, which is a great CBD product. Um, there's no data. I mean, that's it. There's there's no data. Like we're we're guessing. We don't know the dosing, and we're going by the bro. You know, like oh man, it cured my joints. I, there's no data to suggest that it does that. So um, I think a lot of people are buying placebo because we don't even know what dosing to use. And I have a hemp product, but I make no claims on it. Uh, there are some compelling data, some rodent studies. But honestly, I just I, I see a lot of people literally convincing themselves that all these magical things are happening when I'm not sure they are. And they might, and you know what? The mind's a powerful thing. If the if hemp makes you, if CBD makes you think you're getting better, by all means, take it. But, and if you feel better, take it. You don't need a study to feel better, right? But I, I don't, the data does not support some of the claims coming out of these companies. Right. I can understand that because it's, I was excited. <clears throat> I'm, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, I smoke pot. And like, I let, I actually like doing it during, you know, I like doing it before I go to the gym because I don't know why it gets me focused. I'm not saying it's not saying it's for everybody, but you know, I just I was always, you know, I also know about the thoughts with CBD. Like I, my dad has knee problems. I gave him CBD, and he, you know, he says, you know, my joints do feel better from it. And it's like if it's working, you know, like you said, if it's working for you, good. If not, I don't, I don't really care if it's placebo or it's working. If the knee feels better, the knee feels better. You know, I mean, that's 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 fine. If, if you feel better taking CBD, take it. 
you know, but I'm just saying from a scientific standpoint, it's not backing a lot of these claims that people are saying are happening. But on a completely different note, since I know that you are a boxing fan, as am I. Oh, yeah. What do you think about Mike Tyson possibly coming out of retirement? Be the greatest thing in the history of the world. <laughs> Have you seen the videos Tyson. of him hitting the pads? He looks better than he did at 20. He looks phenomenal. He looks great. I wouldn't want to get hit by him, would you? It depends on what kind of numbers you're throwing at me. For t- for twenty million, I'll suck a dick a day. But like for for like for like ten dollars, <laughs> for, for like ten dollars, are you gonna let Tyson punch you in the face? You know, no. I wouldn't let him give me a body shot. Like I'd be, I'd have a broken rib. It's not worth it. But for twenty million, shit. For ten k, I'll do it. You know, I just take a punch. I'll fall down, but I take it. Uh. Also, speaking of uh, like Tyson coming, I know that um, Evander Holyfield's coming out of retirement, and I just I saw him make that post, and I'm like, why? Because Tyson's doing it, man. There's money to be made. Like he's got to leave his legacy. Like, and the legacy isn't his boxing legacy. It's how much money he can leave his kids. He's getting old. You know, you got to think about that. If you have a chance to make five million dollars and leave it to your family, that's some man shit. I would do it. Right. I think that's a uh, one of the reasons why Floyd ponders coming out of retirement sometimes to do McGregor two or fight Habib Nurmagomedov, just because if they're gonna pay, if you're gonna make a if you're gonna make a hundred million dollars just for you know thirty six minutes or less, why not do it? I would, yeah, yeah. Uh, one last thing, I then I'll let you go. Um, Kind of going back to like how you're talking about like the juice cleanse and everything else like that. Um, how do you feel about like the keto diets and like just diets in general? Well, if you can adhere to it long term, that's great. Keto, there's you know no scientific benefit to it over a standard diet, a standard caloric restriction diet with adequate protein, adequate fat. I feel if you really like eating fatty foods and you feel better on it, by all means, do the keto diet. But I don't. There is no advantage to the keto diet over any other diet. Um, there just isn't um, from a weight loss standpoint, even over a health standpoint. So uh, I just feel that there's so many options out there. My opinion is get adequate protein, a gram per pound of body weight, adequate fat, about 0.5 grams per pound of body weight. Fill in the rest with healthy carbohydrates and do the best you can to keep your calories in balance so you don't get fat. Right. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like the keto diets. I'm like, you want to, if you want to lose weight, change your lifestyle. Don't just do a diet yeah. for a couple months. And for some people, the keto diet works great as a lifestyle. For that, I applaud them. Go at it. But for most people, you know, people cannot sustain a lifetime of not eating toast. Right. You know, so it is what it is. So I, I don't feel that, again, if it's your cup of tea, by all means, drink it. But for most people, I just don't think keto is going to be the answer. Now, I just... Because I know some people that, you know, they go on keto and then they lose a bunch of weight and then they go off it. And then few moments later. Perfect, man. I really appreciate you, too, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Hopefully we can do it in person soon after all you, this whole lockdown shit is over. Hey, Tennessee's open, man. You're welcome anytime. All right. Thank you again, Mark. I appreciate it. You, too, brother. Take care. Bye.